Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. First of all, I want to say thank you to all of our partners, all of you that are partners with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, you're part of the Dream Team. Thank you so very much for helping to make 2021 a year that was truly beyond our expectations. I am still just amazed at looking at the numbers, uh, the numbers uh, of people who have joined up with us literally from all around the world. I've got a list here of just a handful of countries. India, South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, Singapore, Malaysia, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, Peru, Israel, Lebanon, Greece, France, Italy, Ireland, England, Wales. This is just a short list of those who have hooked up with us. We're so excited to see all of you that are joining with us. Thank you to all of you that have been listening to the Supernatural Life podcast and sharing this with your friends. We've had lots of messages of people who have just given testimonies of how they've grown and how they've learned. They've seen some things they've never seen before. They've been sharing it with their friends, sharing it with their their small groups in their church. And we have seen this podcast just grow exponentially over this year. It was just truly amazing to see just the charts over the last two months. We were like, I think we were in the top five, or actually we were number three and over in the Middle East in a couple of countries there. Uh, Lebanon, uh, Israel, some places. We were like in the top, I think, 30 or 40 in Australia, New Zealand, several places over in Europe. We were way up there. We, I think we were in the top 200 right now as far as America. So just really great to see what God is doing and what you have been helping to accomplish through that because you're the one that helps make that happen just through the writing of reviews and sharing that. We're just so very appreciative for uh, all of you and helping us to get this message out that Jesus truly is the way and that there very much is a, a higher standard of Christianity that's out there and it's the standard of Jesus Christ himself and the results that that he got and he wants us to get to and so thank you for for joining with us thank you for all the encouraging words man I love getting the messages from from all of you uh, just encouraging us and pushing us just to keep going forward and and endeavoring to push the boundaries of this thing. Because again, that's what it comes down to. If our results aren't matching up with the results of Jesus, then we still have some work to do. And I know that you're like me. I just absolutely refuse to make excuses. I'm not going to make excuses like other people that are around me and just stick their head in the sand and act like everything's okay. And one day coming soon, God's going to give us more. No, when you begin to understand who you are in Christ, you begin to quickly realize you don't need God to give you more. You just need to walk in what God has already provided because God has given us everything that we need in Christ to be able to accomplish the plan of God for our life. It's a very, very basic message. It's simple, but it's still so profound when you see the things that people are still struggling with. So praise the Lord. Hey, I want to let you know we have our last meeting of the year for 2021 coming up. It is Sunday, December 12th at Reach Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Sand Springs 
is a suburb of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So if you can make it out, we would love to see you there. Be able to say hello, give you a, a hug, shake your hand, especially all of you that are partners. And if you could come out there, we'd love to see you in person. But it's at Reach Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Very good friend of mine, Pastor Chad Stewart. And we'll be there for one service at Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And then we are going to be in Canton, Georgia at Dream Church. Pastors Dave and Ashley Steinberg, January 21st through 23rd. That's going to be a Friday through a Sunday. And it is going to be a powerful, powerful weekend of meetings. And so I would highly encourage you if you could get out there. Canton's just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So we've had a lot of people messaging from the southeast part of the U.S. asking when we were having some meetings there. And it's going to be the first one of the year right there outside of Atlanta. So make plans to join us at Dream Church in Canton, Georgia, January 21st through the 23rd. If you're interested in where we're going to be ministering at any upcoming conferences, uh, you can just go to the website, chadgonzalez.com, and there is a little tab up there that says more. If you click that, It'll bring a drop-down list of uh, some other options. And one of those is our ministry schedule. And you can see what's coming up for 2022. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, let's get into today's message. I want to talk about meditation, revelation, and manifestation. Meditation, revelation, and manifestation. Many of you know that I was in Kenya just a few weeks ago. And been to Kenya several times before, and all the other times it's been to speak for some various conferences. This time was a different trip. And I won't go into everything about it, but this trip was more of a research trip. I went over there to interview some current and some former witch doctors. And the reason I went over there to talk with them was because whether you're saved or you're unsaved, we're all spirit beings. And the spirit realm that the demons operate in is the very same spirit realm that angels operate in. It's the same realm. It really comes down to who are you connecting with. For those that dabble in the occult and involved in that, they're contacting the demonic side. They're contacting the dark side, the wrong side, so to speak. But those of us that are Christians, that are saved, born again, we are connected to God. And that very same realm, we have access to that. We're actually in that. It's just when it comes to the demonic side, if you want to call it witchcraft, sorcery, the occult, whatever you want to call it, for the most part, they are having a greater spiritual experience, albeit it's demonic, but they are having a greater spiritual experience than the vast majority of Christians. Why is that? Because those people that are involved in that they have a greater awareness, they have a greater consciousness and reality of the spirit realm than the vast, vast majority of Christians. I was actually listening to one guy a few weeks ago that's involved in the New Age and stuff like that. I was just curious what he was saying about some things. And he made this comment, and I, I had to somewhat agree with him, and that he said, he said, we in the New Age, this is him speaking, he said, we in the New Age, he said, we view Christianity as a lower form of spirituality. Now, he went on to admit that the Christians who did understand who they were and what they had, they had far more power than what he had and those that were in his group. But he said they viewed Christianity as a whole as, as a lower level of spirituality. Why is that? 
because the vast majority of Christians have no clue when it comes to spiritual things. Yes, we know our scriptures, we can we can quote some things from our Bible, but as far as operating in the spirit, as far as operating from that realm, most of us are not doing that and having much success. And it simply comes down to, it's just not really real to us. And so I went over there just to talk to these guys because I wanted, one of my main questions was about their time of meditation, because that's something that is common in all of that, is that they spend time meditating on certain things, certain realities, in order to access some things and to manifest some things. We had interviewed this, it was a current witch doctor, and we found out he was a very prominent witch doctor in the area outside there in Kenya. And, uh, he was telling us some pretty crazy stories about himself and his, his family and things that they did. The cool thing was is that you know we talked with him for about an hour, and then we, we ended up talking to him about Jesus, and the guy got saved. He got born again. So pretty cool. Went all the way over to Kenya, and we got a, a very powerful, very real witch doctor got saved and born again. And then we went and talked to another witch doctor. He was a former witch doctor, and now he's a pastor. And this guy was very interesting. I'm actually going back to talk with him again in the spring. But he was involved in, in witchcraft for over 30 years. He was a prominent witch doctor in the area, and now he's a pastor, and he started nine other churches, and just incredible, incredible guy. Great, great conversation that we had. But I asked him the same question I was asking everyone else. Talk to me about your time of meditation. And this was very interesting. He told me that when he was a witch doctor, before that he would put a curse on someone or cast a spell on someone. And let me just say this, especially those of us that are in America um, and, and some similar countries to America, this, this issue of witchcraft and people putting curses and spells on, as far as the unbeliever, it is very, very real. Like when I was there in Kenya this last trip and actually going to talk to people, there were some people that had initially agreed to talk with us. And when it came down to it, they got so scared uh, because the witchcraft is so real to them. They got so scared they actually backed out. They didn't want to talk to us. And these were people that had formerly been in witchcraft, but they were so scared about just talking about it because they didn't want to talk about it for fear that some things might come back on them or they might open up some doors, so to speak. Uh, just, to, just to give you an idea of how real this was, and it still is over there, there was one man who told me the story. He was laughing when he was telling me. He said, you're not going to believe this, but he said there was these two... Uh, two guys that got into an argument from two different villages and he said this one man was so mad that he went down to the market there's this market there in the small village where it's run by witches and he said he went to this market and he bought now get this he said he bought lightning and I started laughing I said how do you buy lightning and he said well he said they would buy they had these plants and these witches would put these curses on these plants and they would have them say some, some certain chants and this and that. And so he said he, he bought this from the witch, went back to his village, did what the witch told him to do. He said the very next day, lightning hit the village of that man uh, that he got in an argument with and killed like 50 to 60 people. I heard story after story after story of these type of things, of, of curses, these witch doctors and witches putting on people, unbelievers, and very, very real. 
And so I, I tell you that to bring us back now to the pastor that was the former witch doctor. So he said, before I would put a curse on someone or I would cast a spell on someone, I would get up before the sun would rise and I would begin to meditate on what I was about to do and what I was about to say. And he made this statement and he said, the reason most Christians don't get any results with their words is because they're lazy. He said they don't get results in their prayer because they're lazy. He said, as a witch doctor, we would get up every morning before the sun would rise and we would begin to meditate on these things. And he said, I would get up and I would make a covenant with the sun. And he said, I would tell the sun, if you will rise up today, then my words will come to pass. It was a powerful, powerful statement in which he was, in which he was telling me some of these things. And I was just absolutely blown away by the confidence and the boldness uh, of what he was saying. And I'll be honest, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll be just, just very blatantly honest with you. I saw more faith in those witch doctors than I've seen in most Christians here, especially in America, because they actually believed what they said. And they were very bold and very firm in their belief and their confidence that what they said, it would come to pass. And that there was no issue... The, the, the witch doctor that was a current witch doctor that ended up getting saved, he flat out told me right there and right there by his little hut, you know, we were like uh, three, four hours away from Nairobi out there and just in the bush in the middle of nowhere. And he flat out told me, there's no problem that I cannot solve. He said, there's no sickness or disease that I cannot heal. Now, as far as the witch doctor, they, they can't in reality heal something. This was actually interesting. This is a kind of a, a side note, but he told me this. He said, he said, there's nothing that I can't heal. And he said, I've had people come to me with all kinds of things. Well, the, the former witch doctor that's now the pastor, he told me, he said, in reality, as a witch doctor, we couldn't heal people, but he said we would change diseases. So if someone came with cancer, he said, we would just change it to like diabetes or something like that. You're probably making the same face and have the same thoughts I initially did when I was there. My first question was, well, how did you do that? And he said, well, you have to understand. He said, all disease is, is demonic. And he said, Satan is the author of disease. And he said, so he said, Satan can't uh, take the disease away, but he can change it. And he said, so we would change it. So he said, you know, if there was a tumor or something like that, they walked away. And they thought they were healed of that. He said, but a few months later, they'd realize, oh, now I got diabetes or now I have this issue or that issue. And he said, so they would come back to us. They'd pay more money. And he said, we would just, we would just change the disease again. But anyway, that's another little side thing. We may talk about that another uh, podcast. But anyway, getting back to the whole thing about meditation. He said, before we would put a curse on someone or cast a spell, we would meditate on this. He said, I'd make a covenant with the sun. I'd say, if, if, if you're going to rise up today, my words will come to pass. He said, I would get off by myself. And he said, I'd get to a quiet place. I would not allow anyone to bother me. He said, and I would stay in that place and meditate on what I was going to do and what I was going to say until I knew, get this, he said, I would stay there and meditate until I knew that what I was going to say was going to come to pass. And he said, only then would I get up from my chair 
and leave and, and go do what I was going to do. And then he repeated it. He said, and this is why Christians don't get a lot of results because Christians are lazy. He said, Christians are lazy. And while he's, he's talking to me about these things, I mean, scriptures are just flooding my mind as I'm sitting there and listening to this fascinating conversation I'm having with this former witch doctor. And, you know, I was thinking about Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, and I'm sure, you know, many of you that are listening to this, do you know this? Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. These were instructions that were being given to Joshua as he was taking over the reins, so to speak, from Moses and taking over the leadership role over the Israelites. God gave him this command. He said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night so that you would observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. This right here is exactly what this former witch doctor was talking about. He said, I would not leave my place of meditation. I would get up early in the morning before the sun would rise. I would begin to meditate on what I was going to say, and I would not leave that place until I knew that I knew that I knew that what I was going to say would come to pass. God tells Joshua, you need to meditate on these things day and night, all throughout the day, so that you would observe to do. In other words, meditate on this till there's some revelation here. And, and then after there's revelation there, he said, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. So I want you to notice here in Joshua 1.8, we see this formula, if you want to call it a formula, meditation, revelation, manifestation. Meditate on it until you get revelation on it, until it becomes real to you. From that place, this is where your speaking and your believing starts to come to pass. The word meditate there in Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word Hagah, and it means to mutter, means to meditate, and get this, it also means to imagine. Friend, God gave us our imagination. I truly believe that our, our imagination is a doorway for us into the supernatural. It's a doorway for us into the realm of the Spirit by using our imagination, by using our imagination to see things, using our imagination to, to see the, these images, so to speak, so that they begin to build in us and, and, and the reality of that builds in us to such a degree that it becomes real. And when it becomes real to me, that is when, when I speak something, that is when it will come to pass. You see, there's a lot of Christians who are making lots of confessions and those confessions have just as much power as saying twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> I mean, there's, especially in... And the circles of what you would call the, the word of faith, charismatic, you know, spirit filled, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, you know, and, and, and I'm in there, but whatever you want to call it there, that we understand things about our authority and we understand things about the power of our words. And there are power, there is power, and there is power in our words. You know, the Bible says that, that there's life and death in our words and and what we say will come to pass but it's not just anything that we say it's the things that we believe that we say that come to pass 
It's not just about saying words, it's about saying what you believe. You know, you could even look at it this way when it, when it comes to Christianity and, and Protestants and Catholics. You know, there's lots of Protestants that will criticize the Catholic for saying the rosary. And yet those same Protestants, their words have just as little power as the Catholic saying the rosary. And that's not to, to criticize you know, the Catholic and, and to put down the rosary or anything like that. But if you're just saying things, you know, mechanically, if you're just saying things, you know, rote, I mean, there's no power to it. You're just, you're, you're intellectually muttering, you're intellectually saying some things. Now, is there an important piece to us making these confessions all the time? Yeah. For what purpose? For the renewing of our mind. That's one way that you can meditate on these things. It is to, to, to confess these things and confess these things and think about it. You know, when I was talking to this former witch doctor, which was the, the current pastor now, I asked him, I said, so, you know, when, when in your days as a witch doctor and you were meditating on those things, were, did you bring that over into your Christian experience? And especially now as a pastor, do you still spend time meditating? He said, yeah. And he said, actually, the very first thing I began to meditate on when I got saved, he said, I would still do this. But now he said, I would meditate on Psalm 103, verse 1 through 3. I thought that was interesting. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who, who does what? Who forgives me of my sins, heals me of my diseases. You know, he said, I would spend time meditating on that. And, you know, if you go over to Psalm chapter 9 or 119, and you'll find lots of scriptures about this, uh, just for the sake of time, I'm just going to give you three here. But Psalm chapter 119, verse 15, the psalmist said, I will meditate on your precepts and I will contemplate your ways. I'll meditate, or you can say, I'll meditate on your commands and I will contemplate, I will think about your ways. You know, God's ways are higher than our ways. But, you know, we can know God's ways. And when we begin to know God's ways and operate according to His ways, you know what happens? We get His results. We get His results. And so that's where we need to spend time meditating. We need to get off by ourselves. You know, we live in a, a day and age where we are so busy. And I will be the first to admit I'm there and it's something that I, uh, I don't want to say struggle with, but um, it's something I'm, I'm very much working on because... I'm very goal-oriented. I'm the type of person, like, I need to feel like I accomplished something that day. And so for me to just sit still and not do anything, it, it's been very, very hard for me in the past. But it's something I'm in, I've been intentionally working on, and I've gotten a lot better with over the last, you know, couple of years. But we need to be able to get into a place where we, we put the phone down, we cut the computer off. You know, if you need to go outside, if you need to go, you know, if you live in the country or something, you can go out in the woods. Or if you live in the city, if you can go and find a room in your, in your house and tell everybody, just leave me alone, you know, for 30 minutes. We need to start learning to get into a place where we can get quiet and we can get away from all the distractions and all the busyness and just have some time to get our mind quiet and get focused in on the things of God, focused in on the realities of God where we can quiet down our mind and quiet down our body and begin to focus in on the spiritual things. Psalm 119, verse 48, the psalmist said, I long for more revelation of your truth, for I love the light of your word. Get this, 
I love the light of your word as I meditate on your decrees. Again, here we have it again. Meditation producing revelation. As I meditate on your commands, as I meditate on your decrees, the light of your word comes forth. Light comes. Revelation comes. Insight comes. You know, there, I get the same, the same question uh, asked of me a lot in regards to, well, people say it like this. Okay, so I see in Scripture that healing is mine. It's been provided for me. Now, how do I get it to work? Well, that's where the, the subject and the reality of healing, it's in that stage of information for us. And we need, we need to get it from information to revelation. Well, how do we get it from information to revelation? Well, we do that by meditation. That means you're going to have to take some time and begin to meditate on the realities of, and ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Open, open, your, open your eyes and enable, help you to see these things and understand these things. You know, that's what Paul was praying over in Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 21 for the church. He said, Father, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. You'd give them wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. He was praying for wisdom and revelation, insight and understanding. And that's what we have to do as well. Uh, one more scripture is 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, I want you to meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them so that your progress would be evident to all. Again, here is this, this formula, if you want to look at it like that or call it, meditate. Give yourself entirely to them. In other words, revelation, it becomes real to you. And then it produces Evidence. It produces manifestations, evidence that, that's evident to everyone, not only you, but also other people. Revelation, it will produce manifestation when acted upon. But there is a major, major difference between information and revelation. And that's where a lot of us are right now is information. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you understand, if you have the information that healing is for today and God isn't trying to teach you with sickness and He's not putting cancer on you and all those stupid things. I mean, if you understand that, you're smarter than most Christians already. <laughs> I mean, not to be mean, but I mean, if you got that understanding that God is not a child abuser and trying to teach you those things, you're smarter than the vast majority of Christians on the planet. But we've got to go from information to revelation, and we do that through meditation. All of, all of those who have turned into critics against me they're people with information and no results. It's not about knowing things factually. I mean, you can, you can go and, and try to prove anything that you want to in Scripture. I mean, I found this to be true, that if you're just dead set on believing a certain thing about God or about the Scripture, well, I mean, you're going to find a Scripture. It's going to be taken out of context. It may be a piece of this Scripture and a piece of that Scripture and a piece of another Scripture, and you're going to try to put them together. But if you're just flat out determined to prove it, you can prove it. You're going to find something to, to back it up, and the devil will be right there to help you out, find you some scripture. But it's not just knowing things factually. It's about knowing these things to such a degree that you would, you would literally, you would give yourself entirely to them. When you're willing to put everything on it, that's when you know that you believe it. And that's where it produces results. I mean, even on the financial side of things, when Lacey and I... I mean, we have had so many financial miracles and breakthroughs over the years, 
But I can tell you every single one where there was just a, a tremendous breakthrough, I can show you the time when we put it all on the line. And I mean all on the line. We've got so many wonderful story, stories in that regard. But the times, I mean, we, we put it all on the line. You could say we bet it all. We went all in. I, I can show you the times. I can show you the place. I can show you the results of what happened when we did that. And it's the same thing in the area of healing. When you're willing to put everything on it, that's when you know that you believe it. And that's where it will always produce results. Let's finish up right here. John chapter 15. Verse 5 through 8, I want to show you some things with Jesus here. Always come back to Jesus and as far as our union with him. John chapter 15, verse 5 through 8. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. If you don't have the Passion Translation, if you haven't read it, I would highly, highly encourage you get a copy. Uh, if you're not in a place, you know, if you're in a country, maybe you can't uh, order it online, go online. You could go to like Bible, uh, BibleGateway.com. Uh, some websites like that, uh, and look at some of these scriptures in the Passion Translation. But John chapter 15, verse 5 through 8, says this. Jesus said, I'm the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But, listen, verse 7 but if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. For when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Notice Jesus said, when you live in union with me and my words live powerfully within you, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. This isn't, again, this isn't just about just just saying words. It's not about just quoting some scriptures. It's not about just, you know, a negative circumstance comes up and then I just turn around and I, I say something very mechanically. No, this is about, number one, living from my union with Him. Living from that place where I'm so aware of Him, I'm so conscious of Him, and, and He is my reality. And from Him... I get his words and I meditate on those things till those words live in me. Notice that they live in me. They're not just words in my head. I'm talking about these are words, they live in me. They live powerfully within me. At that point, Jesus said, that's when you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. And it's interesting that this word ask in the Greek, it literally means demand or insist. In other words, Jesus said, if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, you can demand and insist whatever you desire and it will be done. Now, don't be like some of the religious people and, and get all upset about that and, and think that we're telling, we're trying to tell Jesus what to do. No, first of all, Jesus is the one who said this and it's in your Bible. But number two, we're not necessarily demanding something of Jesus. We're demanding things to happen in this world. We're demanding off of his authority and off of his power that we have in this world. But Jesus is the one that said this. He said, you can demand it. You can insist it. Why? Because in all actuality, the words that we will be speaking will be his words. Not just words that we read on a piece of paper. Words that came from him. I'm talking about rhema words. The spoken word of God. For that is where faith comes from. 
Faith does not come just by you reading some scripture. Faith comes by the person behind the scripture. The person behind the scripture, the Holy Ghost, the person behind the scripture, giving you that word, giving you illumination and insight and revelation on that word, speaking to you and revealing things to you about that word. So that word becomes so real to you that your words become his words and your thoughts were his thoughts. And when you speak it, it's no different than him speaking it himself because you're not speaking it out of your head. You're speaking it from your spirit as a spirit man uh, speaking spirit-filled, life-filled words that will produce manifestation. Why? Because it's not coming from information. It's coming from a place of revelation. But how does that revelation get there? It comes by meditation. So you could see the, the simple little process there, information. And that information with meditation turns into revelation. And that revelation, when acted upon, it will produce a manifestation. Praise the Lord. Well, we could spend a whole lot more time with that, but I don't want to take too much of your time uh, with this session. But hey, again, to all of our partners, thank you, thank you, thank you for such a wonderful year. And I'm telling you, thank you for trusting us. And we're going to make 2022 our best year ever. It is going to be a big year, phenomenal year. Again, December 12th, we're going to be at Reach Church, Sand Springs, Oklahoma. We'd love to see you there. God bless you guys. Remember that in Christ, we always win. We'll talk to you next month. Bye-bye.